Welcome back to another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. This is a podcast for fans of the guests who appear in this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for singers, songwriters, musicians, recording artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated, which provides management, publicity, and related services. I really find myself a lot lately writing on Instagram. Newsletter subscribers saw it first. So hopefully this is a moot point and you've already been receiving the weekly e-newsletter that I send out every Wednesday. There is information in there about the latest podcast episode, plus other goings-on, including exclusives that only the people who are signed up to that list get to see first. But if you are not getting that, it's quick and easy to sign up. Just go to the show website, nhte.net, and pop in your email address. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville, my guest is a singer, songwriter, bass player, whose latest single came out in September, marking the latest release in his solo work after having become known for touring globally and recording as a member of the alt-rock band Three Doors Down. Their 2016 song Us and the Night peaked at number two on Billboard's rock chart and was the first major release he both wrote and played on in studio. In 2018, he made his terrestrial radio debut. You've been hearing a song of his called Wild Mustangs. Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Justin Biltonen. Hey, Bruce. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, Justin. Thanks for making time for this. Let's dive in here by first having you tell the audience all about the song of yours that was just playing called Wild Mustangs, especially since I was talking over it and they couldn't hear the lyrics. (laughs) um yeah that song came together uh, a little while ago and um kind of a a love story about you know young love and loss um in the backdrop of kind of a desert atmosphere so we're going to be talking about some different justin bilton and originals different singles throughout the show but are you generally writing these by yourself or for instance wild mustangs was that a co-write yeah, I was a co-write with a buddy of mine and um, do a lot of co-writes. I got some songs that, you know, just came together. Um, but for the most part, I do a lot of that co-writing style um, like we do in Nashville. And are you coming to the table already with, say, a hook, meaning a, a lyrical hook, or is it I'm, I'm stronger at melodies? What do you see as kind of the trend when you when you go into a co-write with someone? Um, these days it seems kind of more like a story, I guess. Um, and I'll kind of get like a hook for something in my head or a title. It, it's always kind of different. Um, I know some people usually come in and, uh, they're really good at just like slinging out melodies and or people just have all these crazy clever titles. And, um, I don't know if I have like a strength necessarily in one of those every now and then I just get lucky coming up with <laughs> one or the other and it's nothing uh I don't think I've ever like sat down and really like focused on getting my titles or focused on melody I think just kind of stuff randomly comes to me while I'm thinking or driving or sometimes in the room and I don't think I can really pinpoint one little specific strength i guess (laughs) but i like that you mentioned somebody might come in with what they think is a really cool title because 
enlighten us. Can a song really be started from what someone thinks is a cool title for a song? Yeah, um, I think that happens a lot. Um, I think, uh, you know, you, you come up with something kind of clever, and that title can turn into the hook as well, like thinking of, like, you know, something cold beer Friday night or, you know, something as simple as that um, kind of sparks that idea and then the melody and kind of the imagery around it. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. And, um, I think it, especially if somebody comes, yeah, if somebody comes in with something that's like, you know, um, I don't know, something clever. It's five o'clock somewhere. Um, usually gets everybody kind of, yeah, exactly. Um, something like that, that they, that's probably the first part of that song that they thought of. Somebody heard that somewhere, thought of it or, um, you know, there's a million different stories of those big songs like that where somebody just had this like kind of little clever part and built it around that. Yeah, yeah, I see that. I see that. Folks, the reason that you couldn't hear the lyrics clearly on Justin's song is because I was talking over it. But I know you're hearing me a lot more clearly, meaning even better audio quality, thanks to a new recording unit that I have from a company called Centrance. It's like the word entrance with a C at the beginning. You might have seen me doing an unboxing video for it on the official YouTube channel. For everyone listening who is making music, recording music, even doing live streams of your music, Centrance makes a very similar piece of gear called the Mixer Face. It's portable, so you have the ability to not only use it as an audio interface for your laptop or desktop PC, but also record into it. You can even connect a smartphone or tablet to stream live from absolutely anywhere as long as you have cell data or Wi-Fi. Professional quality preamps, studio quality that your fans, your audience will really be impressed with. And for my listeners, there is a bonus when you purchase the Mixer Face on the show website, nhte.net. Click the ad for Centrance's Mixer Face, and when you place your order with them, Use the coupon code BRUCE to get a free watertight accessory case to carry it in. Justin, when folks look up your music on iTunes, it's under the country category. As we know, services like that, it's generally check one box and move on to the next field to enter more information. But you grew up on country, rock, and punk, so I'm sure you're going to say that you're going for more of a hybrid sound that captures those different genres that influenced you when you were young. Yeah, um, yeah that's a good way to put it. Um, kind of all my influences growing up kind of show in some way or another in my songs, I think. And it's something I try to kind of strive for with the songs I write and the songs that I release, it, you know speaks to you know kind of where i came from and what i want to write about who might some of those artists have been that you were listening to as you were coming up oh um when i was younger um all in the 90s country stuff that was coming out and the older stuff um a lot from my my dad was he's always been in the country and singing it and so Shenandoah, Restless Heart, Little Texas, Brooks and Dunn, Alan Jackson, Garth, all those artists that were kind of hitting it big and were the big, you know, top 40 popular folks in the early 90s. And then uh, 
this time went on, I started getting into rock and classic rock and punk and all that kind of angsty stuff once I was in high school yeah. and <laughs> kind of finding uh, like my own stuff as a lot of folks do, you know, kind of rebel against what your parents liked. And then, <laughs> um, as I started, you know, touring and stuff and I feel like I've told this story a million times, but at two thirty in the morning after you've been playing, you know, heavy rock and roll all night, when you're driving to the next place, you want to listen to something a little, a little calmer and mm. uh, a little easier on the ears sometimes, and something that's telling a story. And that's probably about nineteen twenty is when I really started getting back into all the old country stuff that I was grew up on, and started finding folks that were making that music at the time and kind of fell in love with it again. Um, cause I felt like I was finding that stuff on my own instead of just like, this was what the parents had on. So yeah. Yeah. Man, yeah. A lot of folks were coming out around that time too. big songwriters and like Jason Isbell, he's one of my favorites and, hmm. um, he was with drive by truckers and I was listening to them and going to see them as much as I could. And, um, yeah, a bunch of artists kind of in that Americana rock, stuff influenced me a lot as well you have actually released seven different singles in approximately three and a half years now is this all building towards an eventual ep or full album release or with it having become such a singles driven industry are you more likely to just kind of stay the course until something moves you to shift to a different approach um i don't know maybe maybe both um the way I've been kind of seeing the the trends that you just nailed it. Like a lot of people do singles all the time and it's just, you know, people's attention spans and being able to do social media marketing stuff around a single every six weeks or something instead of one record every year. Yeah. Um, you get a lot more exposure and you can kind of stay in people's minds and then you got to think about, algorithms and all that stuff that people never really had to focus on before whenever they were doing music and trying to get stuff to, to kind of catch in a, you know, very, um, fast paced world that we live in. Um, so I think I'd, I'd love to, I've got a bunch of songs that I need to get recorded and always writing new stuff. So I'd love to get kind of an EP or the whole record together and then kind of release singles kind of like what Eric Church just did with his record like to put out the whole record but he was releasing singles non-stop until that record came out so keeping people's interest keeping people you know clicking on stuff and following and doing all that um, I think it's important so I'd love to put together a whole thing and then just kind of hit people with a lot of songs over the next couple months and are you in a position where you're able to record on your own and, and is this all self-produced or is it, no, I've got to go through the whole process of going to a studio and working with a producer and finding availability for all parties involved? Yeah, it's definitely a process. Um, it's something uh, I wish I would have paid a little more attention to <laughs> throughout all of my recording career. <laughs> um but uh, it's definitely something I need, you know, people who know how to do that stuff with. And I can 
get the ideas for the songs and the tones and figure out exactly how I want it to sound, but I, I need a lot of help with, uh, you know, putting it together. So I've got a good group of folks that work with me quite a bit whenever uh, we have time because both, both parties are always very busy, and which is a huge blessing. But, um, yeah, I've got, a, I've got a good group of folks and get in and put it all together. That's good. That's good. But it, like you said, it's a blessing, but it's a curse because <laughs> then you say, I have a bunch of stuff and it's all written. I'd just love to get it recorded, but who knows when I'm going to have the time and, and with the others involved, you know, you could be ready. And if the studio isn't ready or the producer isn't ready, then it's okay. Let's wait until the next time that, that I'm ready and we'll start start the chain all over again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So scheduling is a big thing, but um, it's also a lot easier to knock songs out these days with the technology. It's not like you have to sit in a room with a bunch of musicians putting stuff down on tape. It's, you know, you can put some bones together pretty quick and work on it in a pretty short period of time and get a good sounding song out of stuff with the technology that's available for recording. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, we certainly need to talk about Three Doors Down and the platform that that gave you in the first place. Where are you from originally, and what did the path look like that led you to both move to Nashville and to become the bass player for Three Doors Down? Um, I grew up in North Carolina, um, up in the western part, up in the mountains, and uh, played music since I was 10 and played in a church a lot and then started bands whenever I got out of church uh, in high school and stuff. Um, Started touring and ended up with the same management as Three Doors about 10 years ago. Well, longer than 10 years ago now. Um, Probably 12 years ago. And around that same time that we got the same management, I started coming to Nashville almost every weekend working and writing country. And um, I was kind of the main point of contact for business stuff anyways. And so I was just here all the time. And around that same time, it was kind of a lot of stuff around the same time. Um, around that same time, the our guitar player for Three Doors, Chris, he had a studio in Hendersonville, Tennessee, and was recording the old band a lot. And me and him became friends. And then um, since I was here all the time, they'd invite me to stuff. And record releases and mm. any kind of thing that was going on, um, charity events, all that kind of stuff. So for a couple of years when I was coming over writing country and working on that stuff, um, I was just kind of always around. Came friends with everybody and, you know, just kind of a an interesting, organic way of meeting folks and kind of how Nashville always works you just get out and meet people but um stay friends with everybody stayed in contact and then um almost nine years ago now um their old bass player um had to leave the band he was um well i'm sure you can look that up as (laughs) all sorts of stuff but um they called me up and because they knew i was serious about it and would take it serious and um, you know, be a attribute and jumped into it. That was almost nice. What a great story that is. I, I, 
I love and and you mentioned you know that it, that it was just very organic and it was just timing because never in there did you say I kept telling them if you ever need anybody if you never need anybody but it was just your presence it was I mean I was amazed when you said you were practically going to Nashville every weekend and so it's just being seen which you hear that a lot in Nashville is you just got to be seen and you just got to be out there meeting as many people as you can and that presence of yours led to them getting to know what kind of a person you are, never mind your your work as a musician. And then eventually it sounds like it was almost kind of a foregone conclusion. Well, you know, let's offer it to Justin. He's he's certainly the right guy for the job. Yeah, I think um, looking back on it, it was exactly that. I was just working and um, doing my best with, you know, just keeping up friendships and stuff. And it, it worked out without trying to, you know, force anything or, you know, very organic. And it is just kind of a thing they always say with Nashville. Like you said, you got to be seen, you got to be out, and, you know, doing stuff, make friends, making it known that you're serious about it. So then to combine the two, what would a solo Justin Bilton and live performance consist of? Would it be all of your singles and then some Three Doors Down stuff as well? Uh, no, I don't play the Three Doors stuff. It's all mine. Um, I've got a solid two hours of originals. Wow. And a uh, handful of uh, you know old country songs that inspired me and that I grew up on that I like to play. And, um. So I'd say it's about like 90% original and then a couple covers here and there. Wow. Wow. So then don't be fooled by the seven songs on iTunes. You you obviously do have lots and lots more that just is, is written, but it's just not recorded. Yeah. So working on that, I've got a, you know, like I said, I've been writing for a long time with a lot of different folks here in town and a lot of very talented people and got some really great songs so definitely hear all seven of the ones on spotify and itunes but uh got a lot more and always writing new stuff and putting it in the set and trying it out so wow there's a lot of uh, a lot of originals and a lot of energy and then a couple songs you might know and have a lot of fun with it that's fantastic in april of last year you released a single called Worth Hanging On To, keeping in mind, audience, that that was as the pandemic was kicking into full gear. Justin, share with the audience about the support you were able to get for that song from CMT, as well as a story involving Charlie Daniels. Um, yeah, that, uh, that song did really well. Um, I think it was a lot of timing and then the content of the song. Um, you know, it was about take care of what's important and um you know not just physical things but relationships and i think a lot of folks were kind of you know feeling that at the time with everything shutting down and all the uncertainty and um yeah it uh it caught on it did you know got some, a bunch of radio play in different places and um cmt picked up the music video and uh kind of premiered that at one point which was awesome and um, a lot of playlists and Spotify stuff which was awesome too and a lot of iTunes playlists and all that good stuff um, and whenever I did the music video um, 
there's some different imagery in there that went along with the song, of course, but, uh, in the chorus, it says grandpa's rifle. And, um, I wanted to use the rifle that uh, Mr. Charlie gave us all whenever we played his, uh, 80th birthday one year. Hmm. It was, uh, everybody who played got to, got one of the rifles, which was pretty awesome. Wow. And just seemed fitting. Um, especially after, you know, everything with him passing and stuff. So no doubt. Um, he's a huge influence. He was an amazing man. I was very grateful to get to hang out with him a few times and talk with him and share the stage. So it was, uh, just made sense to, to use that in there. Yeah. And very cool. Yeah. That, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville by singer, songwriter, bass player Justin Biltonen. Visit his official website at justinbiltonen.com. I will have a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. On his website, you will see links to engage with Justin on both Facebook and Instagram. There are also music videos on justinbiltonen.com as well. His newest single is called Heartache Rodeo and is available on all major streaming platforms, iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube Music, and more. The song currently has over 183,000 streams on Spotify alone. We are also going to be talking about a merchandise brand that Justin is the co-founder of, so stick around for that. Meanwhile, there are people listening to this show who are not just musicians. If you are an actor, an author, an entrepreneur, an inventor, a comedian, a business coach, or life coach, a spokesperson, expert, and yes, if you are a singer or musician, meaning you're someone who gets interviewed or should get interviewed, invest in yourself and your career by taking the online class that I launched at interviewtipscourse.com. It's packed with close to 30 tips so that you can better position yourself for getting results for your business, your product, or your service. And I've also included a module that contains more than 15 sources you can use to try to get more interviews. Go to interviewtipscourse.com and get registered so you can roll up your sleeves with the videos and the downloadable PDFs that go with all this content. Take advantage of all my years of experience, not only hosting this show, but booking clients into interviews, plus all the time that I spent working in the Olympic movement and the National Hockey League, facilitating media interviews with players, coaches, and executives. Go to interviewtipscourse.com and get started today so that you benefit from the time you put into being interviewed on radio, TV, podcasts, and more. Justin, I mentioned in there about a merchandise brand that you are the co-founder of. Share with the audience about Sacred West Trading Company, what it is and how you got involved with that. Yeah, it's um, kind of apparel company launched um, during the pandemic stuff. Um, grew up loving westerns, loving rodeo, all that good stuff, and a lot of the imagery is you know, from Batman Designs and just seems like a fun thing to try to jump into. Um, I travel quite a bit with the music and stuff and uh, been collecting old uh, jewelry and different kind of things that are like that kind of Southwest uh, native-made stuff. So whenever I find something cool on the road, there's a lot of that that I post up. and um, Yeah. Trying to grow it, trying to find some new uh, distributors for some different things and keep on working with it. Yeah, I did notice when I was looking at the website for it 
you mentioned uh, Native, and I and I thought that some of it looked like it was Native American influenced. Are you in any way Native American, or is it just something that you're interested in in terms of the style of of what they produce? Yeah, I mean, um, we do have that in our family. It's something I don't try to, you know, claim or push because there's a lot of, you know, people who are, you know, it's a it's an important thing, and I never want to misrepresent. Um, who I am or my lineage, but it is in, you know, it's on my, especially on my mother's side. Um, gotcha. But it's just something we grew up with as well and the family and grew up near uh Cherokee Indian reservation in uh, North Carolina and, um, there's a big influence there. And Okay. Yeah. Well, there's something else too. That's a fun detour for us to take here. You were featured on Paramount Network's reality series, Ink Master. What was that experience like, especially being in a different facet of the entertainment business, meaning instead of a live music performance, there's directors yelling cut, there's stops and starts. What was all that like? Um, it was cool. It was my friend uh, Bubba Irwin, he's an incredible tattoo artist, and um, he's been working on that show, and we just kind of popped in and talked about something uh, going to be getting here in the future. And uh, probably be on the rest of the show um, whenever that finally happens um, here in a couple months, I guess. Um, but yeah, it was cool. It's uh, I've been in a little bit of acting in two other movies uh, last year, which was kind of a exciting difference and something that I never really thought that I would enjoy or uh. be into. But um, I was uh, playing down in Texas last December and kind of fell into a, a small role on a Western that was being shot um, in Blanco, Texas at the time. And um, they're still working on it, putting it all together. And then um, back in June, um, I got a small role on a horror movie down in Texas alongside Neil McCoy. And uh, that should be coming out here in another couple months i guess they're working on that so it's definitely a a different aspect of performance and you know playing a character and having cameras and all that stuff it was it's very cool it's something i definitely want to do some more of cool cool and where was ink master shot um that was here in nashville ah okay well getting back to your original music We had talked earlier about a song of yours that came out last year as the pandemic was settling in with all of us. Later that year, exactly one year ago this month, in fact, you released another song called Wild Mustangs, which we played at the beginning of this episode. And not only was it played across Texas radio, but wow, it was featured by both Forbes and American Songwriter. Talk about all the success for that single. Yeah, that was uh, was a cool one. I wrote this song with my buddy Richard Mitchell, and we sat down in the room, and I had kind of the, the wild Mustangs thing talking and had some of the chorus kind of put together a little bit, and um, we were just sitting and talking, and he grew up in uh, Southern California, and hmm. date night sometimes was he had an old Mustang, and, um, and the girl he was dating would go you know, drive out in the desert and ride around and we were just talking about that one day and he specifically mentioned you know wild mustangs out the window which was like the first part of that line 
And um, that's kind of where we ran them with the story. And um, I always kind of heard it with that, you know, kind of stormy thing going on and different aspects of the production and um, put it together with my buddy, Max Gabriel, the producer. And uh, yeah, um, same time I was down playing in Texas and um, good friend Greg Austin started working the song at Texas radio and got picked up and played quite a bit on a lot of different stations. And that was very cool. And then the two articles were great too. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned about the, uh, the Texas radio, because I was starting to wonder when you mentioned that both of the acting opportunities that you got were out of Texas. And then that song gets played across Texas radio. I'm scratching my head going, wait a minute. He lives in Nashville and he's originally from North Carolina. Yeah. Why are all these opportunities coming for him out of Texas? I'm mobile. <laughs> <'Cause> I go <laughs> there. Um, got a lot of friends there. You know, I've gained a lot of friends there, just all over Texas, from playing and touring over the years. And once I started doing my original music, and my friends there were hearing it and stuff, they were like, "Man, this is this is right up our alley. You need to come down here and play." So mm. that's what I did. And the past going on three years now almost um well two years at least um uh, started going down there and just playing and making more friends playing with more of those um texas artists and it just kind of kind of found a, a home for my music there and in, in many different ways and a lot of support from my friends and stuff down there and wow um i think that that community uh, you know the the Texas music scene, which incorporates Oklahoma and Louisiana and those states kind of right around it, um, has a certain sound and a certain, you know, way that they like stuff. And if, if they like you, then they like you. And I think putting in effort and going down there and just playing your music goes a long way and, you know, kind of respecting that scene and what it's about. Um, it's definitely been, been a good, good place yeah it's really cool because it's not unlike how we were saying earlier that you just kept going back and forth from north carolina to nashville north carolina to nashville north carolina to nashville and all of a sudden it turns into you becoming the bass player for three doors down now here you are well established in nashville and you keep going to texas and going to texas and going to texas turn into acting opportunities it's turning into radio play for wild mustangs and all these opportunities you're getting to perform your original music there. So again, you know, for anyone that's listening who is an aspiring performer and you need motivation to get yourself out of the house, I would say stop making excuses because obviously we've all learned to live in the environment that we're in these days to whatever extent that might be in your particular location. I'm talking obviously about the pandemic because here is two great examples from Justin of all the opportunities that he has gotten by putting himself out there and making sure that he's being seen and connecting with so many people. So, Justin, hats off to you for establishing yourself in, in multiple markets and all the opportunities you're getting as a result. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, again, it's something that I, I didn't think, like, oh, man, I need to get down there and start establishing myself for that market. It was like it, it seems kind of another organic kind of thing I've got good friends there that are supportive and um my things just kind of fit there so um 
not planning on moving anytime soon, but, <laughs> um, you know, uh, I've got more shows coming up probably December and then a big run in January that I'm doing, um, all over the place through Texas. So, um, yeah, I kind of found, at least I feel like I found kind of a home for my music and my sound and what I'm doing. So, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, yeah. I, w- I want to revisit the three doors down versus solo Justin topic. I think the tendency is for people to hear about a band member doing solo work and having a knee jerk reaction of what, why stay where your bread is buttered. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, all those kind of cliches, yeah. but really I actually think it's just another testimony to the fact that, and folks, if you've been listening to this show for a while, you know, I've said this on many episodes. I think it's actually just another testimony, Justin, to the fact that there are so, so, so few people in the music industry who are doing just one thing. Yeah. And I think especially nowadays, um, you know, back in the day when, you know, it was a different atmosphere in the business, you could just stay in one thing and be in the Rolling Stones for 50 years and that's all you ever do. <laughs> <laughs> um, now it's, it's just like everything else. Like it's a lot of multifaceted stuff. There's a lot of different opportunities and you kind of, you got to do a lot and it's, what I tend to tell folks whenever they ask me advice about stuff, I'm like, take opportunities. You know, don't just say like, I'm this one thing, you know, um, don't just be like, I, I only play guitar. Don't ask me for anything else. You know, cause you never know what kind of opportunity will come up. Somebody's like, Hey, we need a bass player for this gig tonight. Mm. You think you can do it? I mean, yeah. You know, especially if you don't, you know, if you're not working, do something, <laughs> you know, take those opportunities, um, especially early on, you know, jump on all that stuff, get out and play or, you know, get used to being in front of people. And you just never know where stuff might lead. As I understand it, you just came off the road with three doors down from the 20th anniversary tour. And now here you are mm-hmm. on a Wednesday afternoon talking to me about solo Justin Bilton in music. So it's not that you're, trying to pick which one do I do, it's saying, okay, well, yeah, you know, we're, we're done with that tour right now, so this is time for me to focus on my solo projects. Yeah, and um, I think both kind of lend well to each other, and it's two very different genres of music, and mm. the fans enjoy it, so, yeah, um, just makes sense. I don't know... But I, I get comments all the time like, "Oh, did you leave? Did you leave the band?" I'm like, no. <laughs> like, why, why would why would I do that, or why would I have to do that? You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you know sometimes people like to kind of pigeonhole you into one thing or another, and um, that's just not how people are. So I've got my countryside that I grew up with, and I've got my rocking side that I do with Three Doors, and that's just how it's going to be. <laughs> well, and to your point about if you're someone that plays guitar and they need a bass player, you know, shame on me. I've been referring to you throughout this whole episode as singer, songwriter, bass player, but you do play guitar also. So that's a perfect example right there of where because you're known as the bass player, someone might say, hey, Justin, you want to fill in on guitar tomorrow night? And you go, yeah, I'm not doing anything. Why wouldn't I? Yeah, exactly. Um, guitar is my first instrument and 
you know, what I gravitate towards and play all the time. And then I know not everybody's able to do that kind of stuff, but um, if you can, you know, do it all. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So on a related note then, for anyone listening who is an aspiring musician, what advice do you have for them as it relates to them kind of stargazing and looking at a band like Three Doors Down and thinking, that's what I need to do. I've got to make it with a band that's going to hit national stardom, and then my career will be a success. Um, Definitely get that out of your mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and that goes for, for anything. Like if someone's, you know, it's it's awesome to have you know, the big dreams and aspirations, of course, like everybody wants to be, you know, the next Luke Combs or Keith Urban and they're, you know, filling up stadiums on your name. Yeah. But, um, you know, like that, that's one in a million. And there's a million other aspects of the music industry that you can have a really successful career at. And the bottom line with any of that, like no matter what you're doing, if you're writing your own songs, if you're playing, like the number one thing is do you love your art and your passion for performing and writing music or do you love the idea of getting famous? Mm, wow. Which which thing's driving you? Because if it's the idea of getting famous, then nothing's ever going to add up to that and nine times out of ten you're gonna end up giving up on it because you're gonna be like oh the industry sucks i'm not famous next year like there's expectations and realistic goals that you can kind of put in place but at the end of the day it's got to be because you absolutely love what you're doing that's fantastic. I love that. And it also goes along with, I have often said that we all have our own definition of success. So success doesn't have to be that I'm part of a nationally known, nationally touring band. You could be having a ton of success and nobody's heard of you and or the band you're playing in if you're even playing with a band. And and at the same time, to your point, Justin, you can be happy doing that. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we're going to close today with another one of Justin's original songs, one called Heartache Rodeo, which you've been hearing me say is the newest single. Justin, before I let you go and I play that track, share with the audience all about this song, please. Um, yeah, so um grew up um, really close to the Ag Center in North Carolina. There's a lot of rodeo out that way um, in the different parts of the state, which you know, people don't normally associate in North Carolina with the rodeo state but it's there and uh grew up going to it so i always loved that and grew up on westerns and all that imagery all that you know good old country stuff um and then in my solo career i've been able to get out and do some different stuff in that community and especially last year i played quite a few shows at nfr and when it was in fort worth mm. i just love everything about it love rodeo so i wanted to you know write a song with that imagery and that stuff in mind without trying to sound like i was you know billy badass bull rider and, <laughs> you know kind of write a song with that rodeo imagery about rodeo without misrepresenting myself which i you know put a lot of emphasis on i don't 
like misrepresenting myself and anything. So kind of had that idea of, you know, the, the, if losers were winners kind of thing and, um, had that title and took it into, um, co-write with, uh, Daniel Kleindance and Corey Lee Barker. And they loved it. They totally understood where I was wanting to take it. And we put it all together and ended up with a lot of really cool imagery and a great melody and, um, immediately got it recorded with, uh, Max Gabriel, my producer and, um, was fortunate enough for the third song to get uh, Janae Fleener to play fiddle on it. It just it turned out exactly how I wanted it. That's awesome, and I love the perspective that you lent to not misrepresenting yourself in the song because, you know, I've talked before about how young singers, I'm talking like late teens, should not be singing about a life experience that they haven't had yet. And similarly, I think you're giving some great advice there because somebody could be, say, like a really big NASCAR fan, for example, and you might want to write a song about racing, but don't try to position yourself as though you are a race car driver yourself because, number one, people are going to call you out on it, you know, and or number two, they're going to start (laughs) talking to you, though, as, as if you know it inside and out, and eventually they're going to find out that, oh, he wrote that song when he doesn't even drive. Yeah, I think um, the authenticity is important. And like you said, kind of, you know, you cannot, like, being a songwriter is all about, you know, storytelling. And a lot of times it comes from a personal place, and a lot of times it comes from kind of putting yourself in those shoes of whoever you're trying to tell the story about. So, um, yeah, I think the authenticity is important, and especially in those kind of niche communities like that. Um, it'd be the same thing. I, I feel like if I was, you know, writing a song about military and you know trying to like speak from the point that I'd served. Yeah, and yeah. I could probably come up with some ideas and just from like friends of mine I have, but like I never did that personally, so. I'd never want to misrepresent myself with that either. Yeah, that's right. That's right. um, Yeah, I think kind of telling the story from that kind of perspective um, just felt better for me. Yeah, for sure. And the fact that you loved rodeo and grew up around it, I think sometimes songwriters get so challenged of coming up with song ideas and it might be something as plain as the nose on your face meaning you know what why don't i write a song about rodeo i grew up around it i like it and it's something that i've seen enough of that i'm familiar with the culture and so that was probably one of the easier songs for you to write i would guess yeah um you know the the thing was easy to come together with that for sure um just because i knew I think all three of us knew and kind of grew up around that stuff too. So there was, Ah. you know, a good way to put that stuff into a song. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, congratulations on the new single and continued success with all that you're doing, both with Three Doors Down and with your solo projects. And many thanks. I enjoyed the conversation. I appreciate you coming on Now Hear This Entertainment. Hey, no problem. Appreciate you having me. You bet. You bet. That will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, guitar, and bass player Justin Biltonen. Again, visit his <laughs> official website at justinbiltonen.com. I will have a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. 
Once you land on Justin's website, look for the videos on there or click on them to go over to YouTube to watch and like them on there. Of course, do subscribe to his YouTube channel too. And on justinbiltonin.com, look for the Facebook and Instagram icons so you can go follow him on both of those platforms as well. I did so myself this morning. I'm sure he would appreciate you doing it too. On Justin's website, you'll also see a link for the Sacred West Vintage website where you can check out a variety of products that you can order, as you heard him talking about earlier. Of course, Justin's new single, Heartache Rodeo, is on all major streaming platforms, including iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube Music, and more. Do be sure to let Justin know that you heard him and his music and now hear this entertainment Be reminded that if you or someone you know is in a position where you or they get interviewed on radio, TV, podcasts, etc., or should be getting interviewed or interviewed more, (laughs) then the online class that I launched is a great resource to benefit more from those efforts that you or they are making. This is in a go-at-your-own-pace format, so you don't have to worry about a date and time not working with your schedule. At interviewtipscourse.com, there are videos and PDF downloads that will all help you towards getting better results, which means more sales, more downloads, more clients, more bookings, whatever your desired goal is for getting interviewed. Don't keep doing interviews and coming away feeling it was a waste of your time. Invest in yourself and your career. Go to interviewtipscourse.com now and get started. That will do it for episode 404. Thank you so much for listening. I'll send you out today with another song from Justin Biltonen. This is the one he just talked about called Heartache Rodeo. Another kick to the chest. Another reason to dream. Another real tough draw. That ain't new. I've been here before And I'll be here again If they gave a prize For bad goodbyes You know that I'd win And if heartache was a rodeo I'd be buckled down Saddled up, ready to go They'd be cheering my name All the way to that hall of fame